This is 10 with Ken, a 10-minute interview series that's never 10 minutes. In this 10 with Ken special called Black Voices, I'll be speaking with prominent black leaders in Nevada to talk about who they are, their experiences as Americans and Republicans, and what matters most to them. In this first episode, I speak with my friend Sherman Ray, a lifelong Republican who has spent his life following his dreams in politics, business, community outreach, and most importantly, as a parent and grandparent. Enjoy. Uh, Sherman Ray, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking with me today. I'm a uh, you know, big fan of, of what you do. And uh, you know, I hope that you know, the people that watch today will get to know you. Uh, like I know you have, you've been working in, in Nevada for a very long time. And you know, we've been you know, associates for, for you know, many years. Um, and so what I, what I want to do today is just I want people to get to know you. I want to talk about what you've done, what you're doing right now, uh, and then I want to talk about the Republican Party. Um, mm -hmm. I, as I, I told you before we got on, I'm kind of doing a, a kind of profiles and just like kind of talking to, you know, some prominent black conservatives and black Republicans here in Nevada. And so, you know, it's our time to get your perspective. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you. Well, thanks, Ken. I appreciate you having me on the show today. Looking forward to the discussion. Very cool. So I want I want to start out. So you know I like I said I most of our our inner group of the dedicated <laughs> Clark County Republican Party. Now there's two. You know all of us just you know I think we all kind of know each other. But for people that that don't know you, um, tell me about you. Tell me about your family. Where you're from. Uh, you know just just kind of give me a, a personal intro to Sherman Ray. Sure. Well, thanks once again, Ken, for uh, having me on the show. Um, you know, I, I grew up here in Las Vegas, so I've been here in Las Vegas since the early 60s. And uh, when I first got here to Vegas, there were about 100 and some odd thousand people here. Uh, there were about four high schools when I first got here. And when I graduated, there were about eight high schools when I graduated from, Las, uh, from high school. Um, went to UNLV for a few years. And literally, by the time I got out of high school, I already knew what political party I wanted to be in. And the reason why is because when I was a, um, a sophomore in high school, when we all got our, you know, our driver's license, Jimmy Carter was the president. And if you remember Jimmy Carter, and most people, you know, at least of my age, remember Jimmy Carter. Um, I profoundly remember Jimmy Carter because I just started driving a car. And I think you probably know where I'm going. That's when we had, <laughs> we had the gas shortages. I had this brand new, or I had a, a used 66 Mustang ready to oh drive. Oh my gosh. I paid $100 for this car and I was ready to drive my car. Jimmy Carter's in office. We can't get gas for cars. I knew then and there that I would never be a Democrat <laughs> because wow. Jimmy Carter. So, uh, and it was just a visceral response to anything that could promote those kind of policies uh, because by the time Reagan got in office, things had just miraculously had changed and we yeah. were flying again. Yeah. My first voting um, came uh, when I first voted was Ronald Reagan. So I'm a Reagan baby. And I, I, I've just, I've always, uh, as, because I was a product of a Jamaican household, um, and it's uh, and, and there are there are some differences between Jamaican households and American households. Jamaican households tend to have more of a business kind of forward sense of sensibility. 
And uh, my little Jamaican mom was, uh, I can credit her with that. I've always wanted to own my own business. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, always wanted to open my own business. Always wanted to be, you know, the guy, always wanted to be the leader, always wanted to stick out, that kind of thing. And uh, which I guess, which leads me to, uh, you know, starting my own company later in life. And uh, now I'm a dad. Uh, I'm a grandpa. You know, I've got 10 grandkids now. You have 10 grandkids? Yeah, that's what happens when you have three daughters. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> three no daughters way. have babies. And they when they have babies, they all kind of say, hey, if you've got one, I'm going to have one. I'm going to have one, too. How funny. And, and so they all had – so four kids, they all had um, – all my kids have had grandkids – or had kids, had children. And now I have 10 grandchildren, uh, one uh, who's just graduated high school, the other one who's a senior in high school, my oldest grandchildren, proud grandpa, uh, proud Republican, uh, active in the Republican Party, that kind of stuff. So uh, that's that's so cool. And and Sherman, what a what a time to grow up as an 18 year old, you know, as, as coming out of high school during the Jimmy Carter years. Right. I mean, that's the golden years. I I just feel like we're in that same moment, Sherman, like I feel yeah. like. The Biden administration is just, it has just been crisis after crisis. It's been mismanagement after mismanagement. And I feel like, you know, those Jimmy Carter years were, were a prime time for you to see that contrast, right? I mean, you know, and, 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 and to see Reagan, you know. A lot of my friends right now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still friends with them on Facebook, that kind of thing. I only have a very few friends who I graduated with who are not Republicans. Oh now, because I and I'm just when you when you happen to say it, I think that's the reason why. Yeah, it's because we remember back in high school, the way things are we and we've watched history now. And we're all just uh, kind of a, I don't know, we're all um, we're all on the same page with this. So I can look on any one of my Facebook friends uh, names um, or their pages who are my high school friends. They're probably echoing the same thing I am yep. saying now. And I didn't even have to say anything to them. What, uh, so where did you come from or what, uh, what year did you move here or not, not what year, but how old were you when you moved here and, and where, where'd you come from before that? Did you come directly from Jamaica or just somewhere else in the United well, States? Um, no, my, um, uh, so we moved here when I was about two years old, a year old. Um, so yeah, I grew up here, um, Vegas. So I was originally born in the East coast. So I was, uh, New Jersey. Um, and, but all my family's from Jamaica. So, you know, brothers, you know, the mom, that kind of thing. Wow. So all my family's still back in Jamaica or in New York or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Florida. And, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, so you came from like the old Vegas times where, you know, my parents are the same way. My parents are exactly like you. They, you know, graduated, uh, you know, when there was, you know, 10 high schools, Clark and Rancho and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you're as native Las Vegas as we can count. I mean, honestly, like it's yeah. after about 10 years, you're grandfathered. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I know. Well, and we're, uh, we're living in history right now because we have, we have a frame of reference. Um, when I buy, property or when i buy anything i look back at the way it used to be and i'm going wow can you i, I remember when the end of town was here and here and now it's like you know so yeah things have changed dramatically it is and it, it's a beautiful city it's a wonderful place to live um mm -hmm. you know and it, it's it's changed a lot yeah. and i think i think my my next question is you know it, you know along your time 
here. You know, you said you started a business. Can you tell us about the business? I know you had Avery's Coffee, but I don't know if that was your first business. Can you tell us about starting those businesses and and what you're doing now, especially? Sure. Yeah. Actually, my first business was in um, it was in design. So we had a we had a, a wallpaper store, and this was back in '84. So it was about '84, '85, something like that. Um, Avery's Coffee, we uh, we ran that for about seven years. So it was a coffee shop. Uh, we did roasting. After At the end of 2019, literally the business had plateaued. And my wife and I said, look, we probably need to make a decision on this because really everything had plateaued. December 31st was the last day we had Avery's Coffee opened up, which was fortuitous because yeah. literally a couple of weeks later, they, they shut down the whole state. Uh, oh and I had gosh. already started the Black Business Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. January 1. So I was mentoring business owners, uh, which was pretty interesting. And so we've, the Black Business Chamber of Commerce is still running. So we still have that running. Uh, I'm not the, cha- uh, the chairman of it anymore. I've passed that on to a, uh, the next, uh, next group of folks. Uh, but now I've started uh, S-Ray Media Group, LLC. So, uh, so S-Ray Media or Loving and Living in Vegas. It's a marketing company. Um, I've been in marketing forever, so I figured, you know what, I might as well, you know, make it, you know, make it something uh, formal. So that's what I'm doing now. That's so incredible. What a, and it's cool that you can still be creative. Oops, you can still be creative, you know, in what you're doing, and mm-hmm. I love that. And I'll, I'll, I'll get a link, you know, just so I can, I'll put a link in the description of, you know, Sray, and and we can, you know, show what you're doing now. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, now, was it? It wasn't last election, but maybe a couple elections ago, you ran for office. What did you run for? Uh, you know, obviously didn't win, but what did you learn about it and what'd you do? Sure. Uh, 2019, uh, ran for city council, Las Vegas city council in ward one, uh, came up short, learned a lot, um, because we literally had started that campaign, excuse me, probably started that campaign in 2017 is when we actually started it. And, uh, and I had already been working with the, the Trump campaign. I've been working with a lot of other campaigns and we were, helping other people who were running for 2016, knowing I was going to run in 2019. So we were really setting ourselves up um, for 2019. Uh, I was a disappointment when I uh, lost in 2019, but I learned so much uh, about the political process, about what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what does work, what doesn't work. Um, And I still use those principles to this day. Can you tell us about maybe some interactions with voters during that time? Was it, did they... I, I know it's a nonpartisan race, but what did you learn politically from the people that you talked to during that race that was, you know, beneficial to you? What, what did you learn? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I learned is there's no such thing as a nonpartisan race <laughs> because because <laughs> people know who you are. They know. Yes. Um, yes. I would go to doors <clears throat> and people, um, there are some people, not a lot, but there are some people who are uh, pretty savvy. They will look you up before you come to their door, because they know you're going to be there. Um, Because um, when you're running, you get um, kind of profiles on a lot of people that you're going to go to the doors on. Right. You'll go to those doors and those people will go, I've already been to your website. I know who you are. I know where you came from. And and especially as a black Republican, uh, not going out and telling everybody I'm a Republican, because like you said, it's a nonpartisan race. So you don't have that on your signs. But people, black voters will say, you know what? I know who you are. I'm going to vote for you and get this anyways. And that's, and you learn a lot about people uh, because some people will really uh, 
uh, check you out. A lot of people, though, which I was kind of disappointed in, um, had no idea that the election even was occurring, um, which is very just, uh, you know, because uh, Ward 1 is not a huge area, but it's a very important area. And people really should be more in tune, uh, especially in Ward 1 and where I live. At, and I continue to live here. But a lot of people had no idea there was even an election going on, had no idea what the, the issues were. And that and those things affect them. So that's uh, that was important. Uh, I think there's a um, an insight that I took out of there. No, especially in those races. And I, I know you know this, but I mean, it's difficult for me because, you know, obviously we care so much about who's the president of the United States. And then and then people will have absolutely no clue whether they're in the county, whether they're in the city. They'll have no idea who their mayor is. You know, maybe they'll know mayor because it's, you know, it's flashy and it's Vegas. But like. They will have absolutely no clue who their county commissioner, city council is. And yeah. those are the ones that have such a huge impact in yes. your life, you know, and, and in your, you know, your business and zoning and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that was frustrating oh, uh, yeah. to talk and, to them about. And when I was, because I already had started my, my coffee shop. So I already had the, re the restaurant going at the time. I would get to sit down and talk to business owners and I, would, and I would get to kind of give them more insight on what's going on because now they knew I was running. I knew a little bit more. And so they were coming to me, you know, more often than not to get some kind of insight on what's going on. That's, they understood that there were things that were going to affect them that a city councilman could affect. Um, I, matter of fact, I got to know uh, because my business was not in ward one, it was in ward two. Mm -hmm. I got to know Bob Beers because he was the first elected official I got to know as a business owner. Um, and then you know, the guy who came after him, uh, Victoria Seaman after that. And these, all these people um, were my personal friends because I understood as a business owner, I need to, I need to know these guys because there might be things that they can do for me or help me as a business owner. And they were happy to do it because yeah. that's their job, you know? So especially Bob Beers, Bob Beers is a, a great guy. He's, he's salt of the earth. He's the, you know, did, did so much good. And, uh, you know, still, still here, you know, on Facebook all day, trying to tell people, you know, uh, fighting mm -hmm. for the Republican cause. So I, I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's wonderful. I, I, I'm glad you were able to, I love the, I love the anyway, you know, of like talking to black voters, whether the Democrat and independent Republicans are like, well, I'll vote for you anyway. You know, I, I love that. And, and I feel like, you know, I, I just have this theory and I, I want to ask you your thoughts on it of like, you know, obviously it's not all about race, mm -hmm. but when, when you speak to someone, right, when you're speaking to a voter and they see it coming from you, mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like that ma matters. And I have like sort of a theory that like, you know, obviously we don't need to, you know, I'm not talking about racial, you know, quotas, but like having those diverse voices, I just feel like they're, they're going to listen to you more, especially just the Republican brand sometimes can be, you know, people believe a lot of terrible things sometimes true sometimes not about republicans like it, it, did that matter did that matter is that do we need more of those diverse voices is that is that diversity important when when we're running slates of candidates um i would say yes um just because um and it's in and even just in business practice it makes sense that you want to have a diverse background because if not you're really gonna you're you're in an echo chamber you really mm -hmm. only see what you see and you really can't be held accountable for that because that's all you know. Um, I uh, I still go to a local area church, and 
they wanted me to be a board member of the church. And so they said, Sherman, uh, we hear you actually have some issues with black or white. I said, well, I have no issues of black or white. I mean, my wife's white. And, and I said, my issue is that you as a leader, and I was talking to the, the leadership of the church, I said, you tend to hire people who look like you. Hmm. You're not racist. You just tend to hire people who, who, and you tend to surround yourself with people who, are like, who look like you, but your church doesn't look like you because your church is a multicultural, uh, it's a melting pot, it's a wonderful church. Yeah, I said, you need to continue to bring people up who don't look like you, because that really helps people like me become the leaders that you that that make the body strong. I think the Republican Party only benefits by having a diverse background. And we're not talking about quotas, because you don't have to have quotas. All you have to do is expand your reach. I, I was a consultant for one of the largest um, consulting, uh, excuse me, construction companies <clears throat> in the Valley. They brought me in for one reason. They wanted to hear a different viewpoint and they wanted to know why a different viewpoint needed to be, uh, be heard. And when they heard that, they went, oh, my gosh, we never thought about it that way. We didn't know. <laughs> yes. went, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're I was an electrician for 15 years. <clears throat> I was experienced. I knew exactly what I was doing. But if I ever came to a block in the road, I would call an apprentice. And the reason why an apprentice isn't that smart. You know what I mean? An apprentice is going to look at something with new eyes. Yes. And he's going to yes. go, why don't you just touch that right there? Why don't you? Put... And we go, oh, he's brilliant. We would take the credit, of course. But. <laughs> yeah. But we bring that apprentice in there because, and that's the same thing, politics, business, it all works the same way. Fresh set of eyes, a different perspective, and it only makes you stronger. No, I, I, I completely agree with that. I think that's, that's that's poetic, but it's it's simple. It's like you said, it's, you know, an apprentice's view. It's like, well, having those d different eyes, you know, on a, on a certain subject, it just, we like you said, the oh my gosh, what a great way to think about it, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that goes for a lot of groups in the Republican Party, right? I mean, I, I feel like we're at a, a, a crossroads where we, we do have a lot of new voices that have come to the party, thanks to President Trump. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, whether it's, you know, Hispanic voices, it's young voices, it's, and it's also new voters too, you know? I mean, I feel, feel like there's a lot of people that, that cross all of those age and and racial boundaries, but they're, they're kind of brand new voters. Mm -hmm. And, their perspectives are so important, I think, as we're kind of rebuilding post the the loss in 2020 of like, you know, just just these new people to come in and say, do you guys realize, you know, you and I, Sherman, have been doing this for so damn long, you know, I, and, and I mean, you know, I'm I'm younger than you, but I've been, you know, going to those county Republican meetings since I, my, I was 18. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we've just been in that that world so long that having those new voters and having those new voices is such a it's such a benefit. And and helping helping them see that, and especially when it comes to, you know, when it comes to like you know Hispanic and, and Black voters here in Nevada and, and Asian voters as well, I just I just feel like we need that so much. I feel like we need a lot of new voices and just to flood the zone with, yeah. you know, new voters and new voices with that come from different cultural backgrounds to just, you know, look at it differently. Like you said, I think that's such a, a great way to say that, and I love yeah. that apprentice, yeah. uh, you know, allegory. I'll tell you, um, you need the friends. You need the new guys. Always need the new guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, if if you, Sherman, were, were in charge of, of outreach uh, for the party, 
I want to know what, what do you think we need to do, you know, as a party speaking generally, but let's, let's focus on Nevada. Let's say, what do we need to do to win those new voters? You know, when, you know, you got a, a, a Hispanic family, a family of four, they just crossed the border from California. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're moved in. They've got a job there. I'm, I'm talking, you know, your, your, your perfect, you know, sort of depiction of a middle-class new family. That's not really political. Let's say, mm-hmm. um, you know, the kids go to public school or, or, you know, make that family, you know, a Hispanic family, a black family, an Asian family, whatever they are, mm-hmm. how do we win them? What, what do you think as someone who, you know, has, you know, a bunch of grandkids and a bunch of kids that are in the community, maybe they're political, maybe not. How do we win them in your opinion? And and what worked from your city council race, from a business standpoint, what do we do to win those new voters? Sure. I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's really, it's very simple. Um, treat them like family. Um, and uh, because I tend to think what, what happens or, or I'll give you the answer and then I'll kind of give my observation. Um, people need to feel welcomed. So if you just reach out to them, uh, like we have uh, precinct captains, um, bring back the old precinct captain who will actually go to your door and say, hey, guess what? Would you like to come over for a beer? Okay. Or would you like to come over for a, you know, a potluck or whatever? Uh, but you welcome them to the neighborhood. Show them that they're family because really people just want to have friends. Uh, we started a, a, a group called Patriots and Cocktails. And what Patriots and Cocktails does is it's not a political, I mean, we, we're, we're all political, but we pur- purposely do not um, politicize the group because we want to know the person. I mean, it, Democrats are brilliant in one thing that they do is they've created a church-like organization so that their people babysit each other. They know where they live. They know where they work. They do all this other stuff. And when people get together, they that builds a bond between people that is not going to broke. You're not going to break that very easily because now you have a family. You know what I mean? I know your kids. Your kids know me. Yeah. You, you've been to my house. We love each other. We like each other. As opposed to what we have right now, what we have right now, and, and I spoke to a, a chairman a few chairmans ago, and I said, look, what has happened over the years as the Clark County Republican Party has created um, a bunch of beta fish. Because every time you come together, you just go and you just it's fighting. Yeah. Yes. And I said, that's why it is a miserable. It's miserable when you go to these meetings. Everybody knows they're going to get pissed off. They know that they know there's a couple of people that are going to be pissed off. They're going to be fighting and you can't get anything done. And I said, why don't you do this? Why don't you just have why don't you just invite everybody for cocktails? And he said, he goes, what? I go, yes, people want to know you. They don't care about your politics. They want to know that you actually care about them. And then they'll open up to you. That's when we started Patriots and Cocktails. Is It was just a way of getting people to smoke a cigar together. We probably had a couple of hundred people at our first one. We still have Amazing. them to this way, uh, where people just get together and they enjoy each other and we get to know each other. So I think that's one of those things that we could probably practice a lot more. It doesn't have to be at a, you know, at a bar or whatever, um, but it really needs to happen so that you have a, I don't know, a, a holistic way of, of, of speaking with people, uh, because if people don't know that you love, that you like them, that you care about them, they're going to tend to look at you with that, you know, that side eye. And, um, <laughs> uh, and when you meet with them, it's really doesn't take much to get them pissed off. So 
Yeah. Right. I, I, I love the, you know, you said the word church and I, it is, it's, it, and I think the church word is, is fellowship, right? I mean, I feel like it's a, yeah. it's a, or you were just about to say it, the, the, you don't care what you know until you know how much they care or whatever, you know? And I, I love that. I think, especially, you know, as we're going into, you know, hopefully when we decide what our Clark County Republican party looks like is mm-hmm. to go into these new communities, black communities, Hispanic communities, you know, young communities. Let's go to schools, go to UNLV, whatever, you know, is to build that fellowship with them so that they know, you know, that we're people behind the brand, right? If I feel like we try so hard to push the brand on people before helping them see who we are, you know, behind the brand. uh, I I really like that philosophy. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope we can, we can adopt that as we come, as we come closer. I hope so too, because there's been so many people have been alienated because they're not Republican enough. Right. That's right. Or, you know, and, you know, it's just like, and I, I know the church analogy, people probably noticed there was actually kind of a church theme here, but they doesn't, I, the Lord was really funny because he knew people. He said, if I put too many rules, too many regulations, I do all this other stuff, they're never going to make it. All he said was do one thing, accept me. I'll mm-hmm. do the rest. I'll just do the rest. Just accept me and I will, and you're in, you're good to go. Republicans are the same way. Republicans need to understand that whether you're a, a little a little a Republican or a lot Republican, you know, uh, uh, whether you're, you know, a, a Rand Paul or you're, you know, you know, you're a Phil Schlafly, you know, you are still a Republican. And we can we can we can bicker over, you know, side issues or something like that. But but for all intent and purposes, you are a Republican. Let's work together. Let's not beat each other up. Absolutely. I think, and, and, and I feel like the media and, and I'm not talking about like, you know, conservative media, but like the media in general and, and just the, the way people talk about politics right now that, that they, they don't have this mentality that, you know, it's, it's bled into the movement a little bit, but it's a symptom of what's going on in America right now that you're either, you know, you're, you're not, like you said, you're not Republican enough. You're not American enough. You're not, you know, whatever, but the truth behind it really is, is you all really are. And, and people are trying to, you know, cut people off and, you know, get their perfect little inner circle of people that, you know, think exactly like them. That, that's not the purpose of a political party. It's no, no. purpose is to get as many of us as possible, right? As many ours as possible. They might be pink, yeah. you know, lightly conservative. They might be maroon, red, yes. you know, dark, uh, you know, dark red conservative, but we're all kind of supposed to be, sure. you know, we'll, we'll feel the nuances later. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll figure out what bills to, to pursue when we're in power kind of thing. I I've always, yeah. I've always liked that. And I, I, it's just difficult for me because if we as Republicans can't do that with ourselves, how are we going to do that with new communities? So, you know, if we're reaching out to more Hispanics and more black voters, more Asian voters, and they come here and see us, no, and it's not that we have to be unified. It's such a difficult word right now. I don't want us to be unified. I want us to be aligned a little bit. You know, maybe maybe sure. just agreeing uh, a little bit, not not unified. But if they come in and see us at war, I don't think they want to be a part of that war. I think you're right. I think they look no. at that and they go, "Oh, no." You know. I, I think you're, you're watching right now, um, cinema, uh, Kirsten Cinema, right now, uh, and her and Joe Manchin are going through what. I see happening with the Republican Party a lot uh, where you don't agree with me on this vote or something like that. And now I'm going to follow you into the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
And, and, and then you hear people going, wow, do I really want to be a Democrat if I get that? Because if, if so, I'm not being a part of that. And unfortunately, uh, I've, got, I've seen a, a little bit of that in our own party, and it's not, it's not pretty. I mean, it really isn't. Uh, right now, and you alluded to it earlier, is that we're, we're kind of going through some phases on the leadership here at the county level. And a lot of people are just kind of backing away. They're going, look, I'll wait till it, the dust clears because I really don't want to be a part of what, whatever they're doing. I'm a Republican. I'll vote on my own. And unfortunately, that is not uh, – that doesn't – nobody any good I mean, at all. When you see that kind of infighting, that becomes public. And that's the problem. Yeah. And, and, and infighting, I'm comfortable with infighting. I, I think infighting, it's sure. like a primary, right? We're, we're sure. okay to infight, but we have to keep it behind the closed doors. Keep it behind the doors. doors yeah, that's right. We'll keep it by the doors. And when the doors open, we go, hey, we're all happy, friendly Republicans. Because that's what Democrats do. And I, I, I had somebody come to me the other day because, you know, the, the state Democratic Party is going through, you know, the Bernie versus, you know, Biden kind of, you know, liberal or, you know, farther left progressives or, you know, mainstream Democrats. And and they're like, oh, see, you know, they're going through this right now. I'm like, at the end of the day, they're all going to be on board. You know, it'll take some time. They'll do their little infightings, but they're going to probably at the end of the day go like this and, and you know, unite forward. Yeah. And I'm worried about us doing that. I just don't know if we're going to do that. So hopefully, hopefully we can get to that point where everybody kind of just comes a little closer together and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening, but uh, um, you know, Sherman, I, I appreciate your, your, uh, your perspective and your opinion. And I appreciate your advocacy running for office, you know, just being an upstanding citizen here in uh, here in Nevada. And so, um, you know, hopefully maybe we can check in uh, a little bit later and uh, you know, tell me about uh, you know, what, what is the number one project you want to leave with, with people who watch this? What do you want them to go visit? What do you want them to go see? Do you have a uh, patron cocktails coming up? What, what do you want to leave with people who are watching? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we do um, uh, the 21st of this month. So the third Thursday of every month, we have a patrons and cocktails event. It's at the Sporting Life Bar at 4570 West Sahara, uh, which is a great place uh, to, to hang out at. Uh, so right now we're going into the political season, which is big. So we're going to start having more and more uh, candidates there. Uh, generally start about six o'clock. And so if you want to come out uh, from six to about nine o'clock, have a drink, you know, we'll, you know, talk a little bit of politics, but more importantly, I want to get to know you. So don't, don't be surprised if I walk up to you, put an arm around your shoulder and say, Hey, who are you? Who are your kids? So I want to, and I think that's really important as we get to know each other. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, I'd love to come to one of those and just, just come and say hi and, you know, I don't drink, but I'll have a, you know, a Sprite or something like that and, uh, and, and just hang out. Um, uh, last question I have for you, and I kind of ask this of everybody, but t tell me what, what are you reading or consuming media wise right now? Are you watching a show? Are you reading a book? What's your, what is your, your obsession right now media wise uh, that you can't let go of, can't stop or can't put down? Oh gosh. You know what? It's, it's probably more of people than it is of a, of a book uh, because I, I'm always consuming consuming marketing books. So, I you know, I, I was into John Maxwell for about 15 years, kind of moved over to um, coffee and doing coffee stuff for a number of years. Now I'm into marketing, but more I'm into my kids and watching them grow up because really I'm um, especially during this whole COVID thing. I've watched them really kind of suffer through this whole thing. They won't say it, 
But as a parent and as a grandparent now, I'm, I'm watching them kind of deal with the effects of it. They really need it. I mean, they really need it because mm-hmm. they're, they're dealing with a lot of stuff. I've got a, like I, I said earlier, I've got a senior uh, who's in high school right now. He's playing football. He's a quarterback. And he's dealing with this stuff. He Even when they lose, though, as long as he can turn around, he can see he's got a rooting section. I'll tell you, that does something for him. Oh. My granddaughter is the same way. She's about 14 years of age. Uh, really reclu- uh, kind of a you know reclusive kind of child. But I get to drive her to school every day. Imagine this, 14-year-old girl. I get to drive her to school. I volunteer to do this because it's our time together. And I've been yeah. doing this for a couple of years now where I get to pour into her life. She doesn't realize it yet, but I get to pour into her life. <laughs> those 10, 15 minutes, I get to talk to her, find out what her life is like. And uh, she went to a homecoming dance this weekend, which surprised everybody because she's realized that she had not been making friends. Wow. And so that was, that just got my heart going because, because I feel like we've done something with this child because she was really reclusive, didn't want any friends. Now she's going, you know what? I need friends. I need people. And, and this is cool. So I think I'm more into my family now more than anything. Um, And so, and it's a good thing. It's fun. Those, those grandpa duties. That's awesome. I, uh, I, I cannot, I would not wish upon my worst enemy to have a kid at school age during this pandemic and how the governments have closed the governments have closed the schools, the, you know, not being able to go to the movies with your friends. I, I would not wish I got a little two-year-old or, you know, he's, he's almost three. We are inoculated from the the pandemic with him. You know, I mean, he's, he's been able to go see his grandma and his, you know, couple of cousins. I cannot imagine what those kids have gone through Mm. to not go to school for a year to not, you know, uh, go just go see the see the friends sporting events for that, sporting. you know, senior. I cannot imagine. So I, I I totally believe you that, you know, things are rough for them, and I, I bet they love that grandpa time. So <laughs> well, at least if if they don't, they haven't said anything. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> no complaints yet. So yeah, Sherman, thank you so much uh, for your time. Um, what I'll do is I'll put a link. Uh, to, to S-Ray Media Group. I'll put a link to Patriots and Cocktails so people can see it. Um, you know, send me a, you know, a flyer. I'll post it, you know, right around the time we post this. And, uh, you know, just just thanks for all you do. And and, and thanks for being a, an upstanding Nevada and, uh, and giving me some time today. You're welcome, Ken. Thank you for having me on the show. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Sherman Ray. Talk to you Hi. soon.